0: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Facebook Live, our Conversations on Care, uh, a Facebook talk show bringing together service providers, clients, and caregivers to help families better understand and cope with aging parents with chronic care needs. My name is Julie Collada, and I'm the founder and president of Open Arms a senior care agency serving the Chicagoland area, specializing in inspired holistic dementia care. It is our mission to help our families through the journey and to know that your loved one is living their best life possible. If you find these dialogues helpful, please do give us a like and a share so that it can reach more people who need it. If you have questions or topics you would like to learn more about, Please write them in the comments below, and we'll do our best to get it in our program. Today's topic is managing the financial transition, how to organize a team for your loved one's estate plan. And with me today is Kathy Van Ewen, president and CEO of ATG Trust Company. And I just want to read your bio, Kathy. Sure. Um, Kathy is a trust and estate professional with over 20 years experience in the wealth management industry. She joined ATG Trust Company in 2015. During her career, Kathy has served as a trust officer and a trust manager at leading financial institutions including JP Morgan, Citigroup, and was a senior client advisor with BMO Private Bank. Kathy assisted high net worth and ultra high net worth families achieving their wealth transfer goals. So welcome, so good to have you. Thank and, you. And uh, you and I have had a chance to talk. Um, you know the role that you and your your team play is so important, um, and this topic is very very important. So welcome. Yes. Thank you. Um, you're so welcome. So. You, you are the president and CEO of ATG Trust Company.
1: I am, ATG is a, is a boutique trust company that helps families of all shapes, sizes and uh, situations. And we're thrilled that we are in the process of making a transition, hopefully uh, at the end of May, to Midland Trust Company, which is another small boutique trust company. Uh, owned by Midland States Bank. And we are going to be doing the same thing there for the same people that we we work with now, Um, just being able to expand our offerings and services and have some more backroom and technical support that'll allow us to do what we do even better.
0: Well, congratulations. That sounds terrific. Uh, So just let's start with a little bit. We learned a little bit about your background, but Yep. Tell us about at attg Trust. What 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 do you all do there?
1: So we are a personal trust company, and what we do is work with families and individuals uh, when they set up an estate plan, a will, or a trust. Um, we effectuate those plans. So if they need to. Um, hire somebody to act as their trustee either while they're alive or following their passing. We do that. We settle estates. We do those types of things. For the most part, in terms of how it really relates here, we deal with a lot of individuals uh, at the ends of their lives. We know that a, a lot of people are living a lot longer, but not necessarily with full capacity. So we are trustee of their revocable living trusts. And when they become incapacitated, we step in and we help manage their money. We help work with their powers of attorney, their financial advisors, if they have it, their CPAs, their attorneys, making sure that everything that needs to get done for them is done and uh, somebody's overseeing and
0: managing that process. Thank you. That That's helpful, I think, for everyone listening. Um, so who should be on the team? That's, that's one of the topics today. Who, who are the yep. different folks, you know, including your company, right. that, sh- that people need to assemble uh, to be part of their team to make sure that transition happens seamlessly and, and right. everybody gets you know, essentially what they, what they hope to?
1: Well, every team looks a little different. Um, certainly not everybody needs a trust company to work with them. Uh, We often get involved when people don't have individuals in their lives who are able to step in and handle things on their behalf. Um, But really, it's covering all of the basis in terms of legal work, in terms of tax work, and in terms of investments. But then also having somebody in your life who is able to step in and help make decisions over where you're going to live, how you're going to live, those types of things. So when we talk about an estate plan and how that interacts with an individual's situation, it's really having a will is usually the first thing people think of in an estate plan. But it's also having a power of attorney for health care the person who's going to help decide medically what's going to happen. That person is also the one who's going to help decide where you're going to live. Um, If you're going to stay at home, who's going to come in and take care of you, hiring those individuals and making sure that um, the home is appropriately outfitted uh, for your situation. And then you have a power of attorney for property, the person who's going to take responsibility for paying bills, doing tax work, overseeing the finances, those types of things. And sometimes having a power of attorney for healthcare and a power of attorney for property is all somebody needs. Um, Other times uh, having uh, assets in trust and having a trustee help do those types of things is uh, good as well. So it really depends on the situation. But generally, the team is the power of attorney for healthcare, the power of attorney for finances, maybe a trustee, the financial advisor, the attorney, the CPA. Um, So really, those are the members that surround individuals. And if you think of it, it's the people who you deal with in your everyday life who help um, everybody take care of what they need to get done. Some individuals do things themselves. Some people have folks that they hire to do those things for them. When you're unable to do any of it, you need to make sure you have those folks lined up, ready to go
0: and help when the time is needed. Thank you, that sounds great. Um, There's a viewer question already, so let's make sure that we get to it. And the question is, what about an advanced directive?
1: So advanced directives are things that are used to really talk about what you want to have happen in terms of medical um, and and what uh, steps are going to be taken on your behalf in terms of the medical. Usually that's the power of attorney um, or your of healthcare, or you're naming somebody in that advanced directive to make those decisions. And certainly those are the types of things that um, you want to get in place so that whomever you're lining up to help you when you are not able to help yourself knows exactly what it is that you want to have happen. And having um, a conversation with your teammates, the people that you're putting in place to understand what your wishes are and how you want things to go is really important. You can have all of the people in place, but if they don't know what to do, it doesn't really serve you very well.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You and I talked a little bit, you know, you know, getting ready for this, for this talk. And, um, you know, what we have found, I know both of us have experienced this. I've experienced this personally, that people don't have the conversations with their loved ones early enough often to really understand what they want. And, you know, for example, in the, in my case, um, my mother uh, was diagnosed with dementia. It came on suddenly because it was a vascular dementia. And mm-hmm. She had some strokes, and you know, as much as we had some conversations with my mom, she about what do you want? She re, the only thing she would disclose to us is that she wanted not to be in a nursing home, right? But when we but we weren't able to, and we really didn't, in my opinion, now twenty twenty hindsight, start the conversation early enough. Right. And uh and, and I think that's what you and I see all the time in is, We
1: do. Is- and those conversations can be very difficult to have. Um and it's uncomfortable sometimes. People don't like to talk about uh things for many different reasons. And there are some folks who are very uncomfortable talking about incapacitation and death and, and end of life issues. Right. There are people who are very closed about money and having those conversations and are not comfortable talking to their kids about those situations. And so um, we often find that people are left to step in and take care of things, but they don't really have a good understanding of what mom or dad or aunt or uncle wanted to have happen. Um, And we recommend that open and honest conversations make it easier for everybody. And a difficult conversation on the front end uh, may be much less painful overall for everybody concerned than having to weed through things at the end uh, and figure out what could have very easily been discussed.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's very well said. And
1: And we encourage people to talk not only about what they want in terms of living arrangements, whether they want to stay at home and and the kind of care, uh, those types of issues. But also, um, you know, we find that people most often are not concerned um, with necessarily the money, but the things. Um, And and what do you want um, people to do with your stuff? And that becomes a big concern for people. And how are you going to ensure that if you are staying at home, um, you know, things aren't gotten rid of that you want people to have? Having the conversations uh, with family members about what your wishes
0: are can be really important. Oh, hugely important. And that whole topic of having the tough conversation up front, um, which can be very uncomfortable,
1: Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Uh, and, but how important it is and how to it really.
1: And there are oftentimes people who can help with that conversation. Um, having, uh, if you work with a financial advisor and having that financial advisor uh, help facilitate conversations about money and finances and the ability to provide for mom and dad at home, um, and the caregiving that they're going to need, how that will look and what they can do. Um, having the attorney help with the conversation. Uh, if you're naming a, a, a corporation like ours as your successor trustee of your personal trust, mm-hmm. um, you know we help have those conversations with grantors who are creating their trusts and want us to then help tell the kids what it is they've put in place, why, when things will occur, how things will occur, and what the overall reasoning is behind the plan they're putting in place. And most of the time we find that when family members understand why things are being done, uh, they're okay with it. It's when they find something out of the blue that they hadn't expected, it gets more difficult.
0: Oh, sure. And I think that's a great suggestion to get uh, one of the professionals on the team involved in that conversation up front. Uh, It can, it's my experience that that can, you know, if that is done well, uh, really help facilitate an open, honest discussion.
1: It can help take some of the emotion out of it. You can have a little bit more of a clinical look without being cold, but you can be a little bit more focused on uh, specifics rather than getting lost in the weeds of some of the emotional baggage that people bring to those conversations. Um, and there are a lot of things that we see on a daily basis because we do this all the time that people don't encounter very often or ever until they get into those situations so we're able to help talk through uh what you need to think about at some of the different steps um, that that they might not be at those steps yet but to kind of have those conversations as we talked about earlier um, ahead of time so that people can really while they're clear thinking be able to make some real decisions and, and some
0: uh, acknowledgement as to the reasons why they're making those decisions. Yeah, that's great. And so when you think about some of the consequences that you've seen and I know I've seen when, when families don't have those tough conversations and really clarify what the intention is and what, okay. what what's really needed. What, is, what do some of those tough situations really look like? And I think it's important for people to really understand that um, because it might help really promote them going forward and right. having those uncomfortable conversations.
1: Right. We, I mean, there are all of the famous cases in the news that you see, Casey Kasem, who uh, they were fighting uh, family members between current spouse and children over who could see Uh, him at the end of his life, you you see a number of those stories in the news. But those things really do happen on a regular basis. Um, Whether it's a blended family situation, and you have issues with um, second spouses and uh, people concerned over spending money on them when they're uh, wanting it to go into the estate so that it's there for the uh, individual's, uh, you know, kids from a prior marriage. Those kind of issues we see, we see fights over who's going to care for mom or dad, what state they're going to live in, who's going to um, have custody of them and make the decisions for them as to where they're going to live and what kind of caregivers are going to be used, um, what their situation is going to be. Um, we unfortunately see folks who don't put people in place and then they're Unfortunately, open to predatory actions by uh, ne'er do wells who will infiltrate the the situation, and and we do see financial abuse, and we do see neglect, and we do see you know sometimes physical abuse. So those are all things that good planning and having conversations and having a team in place can really prevent. You know, you can't prevent necessarily a hundred percent of everything, but you can certainly set up things to have folks around you who can help. And I think oftentimes people think, well, I don't have anybody. Well, the good thing is there are people out there who do this for a living. So whether it's a professional trustee, a professional guardian, uh, a professional power of attorney for health care, power of attorney for property. There are organizations out there to step in if you don't have an individual to name. And those are the kinds of things to talk about with the estate planning attorney to um, get in place if you don't have an individual who you trust or who has the time or who has the temperament and the talent to really take on that responsibility. And as we're talking about, you know, putting your team together, you probably have some professionals that will be in that uh, naturally, if you have a CPA or an investment advisor or an attorney. But oftentimes your power of attorney for healthcare, your power of attorney for property are going to be people who are your family members or close friends not everybody is well suited for each of those jobs. And sometimes, uh, you know, a lot of times people will pick their oldest child. Well, that oldest child may not be the best choice. It may be the youngest child that's the best choice. Um, It may be who is living closest, but the person who lives closest may not be the best person. So you can really... Um, get yourself uh, out of a lot of issues if you think through those things ahead of time and set something up uh, and put it in place while you still have the ability to do
0: so. Yeah, you're, you're so right. And then so then the, the, the question is that I think about as I listen to you is, you know, there are, you know, we're a blended family. I explained that to you. We have a blended huh? family of four. So, and anytime with our children, we have, you know, it would naturally seem like our oldest would make sense, but how do you, you know, so as parents, we're going to yeah. have our own biases, right? Yeah. And our own agenda and reasons why we might want one particular child to do it. And it might not be the right choice as you just said. Right. So who, who can help us make that decision? about who the right people are and if the people in our, you know, our our children are the best people or if they're not the right people. Right.
1: So a lot of times the professionals in your lives can help you have those conversations. So talking through that uh, situation with your attorney when you're creating your powers of attorney for healthcare and property, your attorneys will talk to you about who you want um and uh, really good attorneys will say, Are you sure they're the right person? Um, not just who's the oldest or or who's living the closest to you? What you want to think about is do your do your kids, the one that you're naming, do they have a lot on their plate already? Are they dealing with their own um, uh, kids and are they you know working, and do they have the time to take to do what's going to be needed? to oversee your care or to handle your financial affairs? Um, do they have the knowledge and skill set to, to oversee taxes and oversee your, your investments? A lot of times you'll have one child that is very good in terms of, uh, you know, taking care of you medically and what your health care needs are in your living arrangements and another that might be better with uh, financial matters um so it really can just depend i know when i was um uh, in my young 20s uh my my uh, grandmother had no individuals in our family living close to her. It ended up being the person at the bank who helped her with all of her financial stuff. It was a trust officer, um, became, you know, very close to her. And and we actually relied on that individual to allow my grandmother to stay living independently because she was um, able to have somebody to help pay her bills, to help her uh, organize her tax information at at the end of the year, able to um, make sure her property taxes were paid and everything was you know, filed correctly and paid on time. So it, it really depends on the situation, um, but usually your attorney, when you're talking to him about or her about your estate plan, will walk you through the process of choosing a power of attorney that is appropriate for you. And if you don't have somebody in your life that is particularly well suited for that, helping you find an individual firm that can
0: do that professionally for you. yeah, that's that all makes sense. and I, I think that that um, you know that professional really promoting the idea that now you've made some decisions, let's talk to everybody about that. let's right. let's make sure everybody knows. So I think as you said, You know, no one's surprised. And
1: Um, we see individuals who will have family meetings and they will tell everybody at once, this is what we've decided to do. This is what my wishes are, both uh, for my care and for my assets. We have others that uh, we know talk to people individually. Um, There are some situations where we're the ones who talk to the family members and we'll say, this is what mom and dad set up. This is why they've set it up. Um, You know, you can certainly ask them any specific questions, but we're here to lay it all out for you uh, and that these are their intentions and and so that you all can understand what they're trying to do. So individuals have different preferences, but uh, they're usually somebody out there that can assist. Um, Sometimes you just
0: have to ask for that help. Yeah. Yes. Um, So... Well, let me just run by a couple different scenarios with you. Um, someone, and this happens to us, you know, when we sit down with a family and they call us and they need help for their loved one. Um, and one of the things that when we're doing an intake and an assessment is in, in very often it's for the senior more times than not. And we we always really want someone from the family to be there too. Right. Make sure we're getting the whole story of how we can best help someone, and um, you know sometimes that uh, when we get to the point and we ask the question, "Who's your power of attorney for healthcare? Who's your power of attorney for property?" and um, we hear that there there isn't anyone yet, right? And at that point, of course, we'll make a referral to uh, a professional, but sometimes it's they've waited too late. And yep. the person that we're assessing has some cognitive yep. decline, some kind of dementia. So what's your experience in that scenario? What does a family do then?
1: So, you know, if somebody is to the point where they're not able to engage actively in the estate planning process because they no longer have the requisite capacity needed to make those determinations themselves, then generally they're going to go through the guardianship process and have a guardian of the person or guardian of the finance uh, property in the state through the court uh, set up for them. And we do see that happen on a... Free, more frequent basis than people might think. Um, oftentimes, it's because people have waited too long to do their planning, and they don't have someone in place. So, having um, somebody else choose who's going to serve as your guardian is, you know, never as good as being able to choose it yourself. So, you know, going through the guardianship process, it is evaluating your competency and having tests and there is expense to that. So we highly recommend that people have these uh, documents in place to forego having to go to court and and go through that whole process. Uh, That's when we often see fights between family members, because different people step in and say, I want to be guardian. Um, Oftentimes, unfortunately, we see it. That they want to uh, help themselves to social security checks that are coming in, pension checks that are coming in, and uh, you know that's that's not every day, but you certainly see those things. Um, so planning ahead of time for these circumstances is not only uh, cheaper because you don't have to go through a court process, but it's it's so much uh, easier on the family. Uh, and, and tends to keep the peace
0: much better if you have been able to make those determinations yourself. Yeah, Kathy, thank you for saying that. And that's just another example of, and, and, and you know why I'm passionate about. I know you're passionate about. I'm sure yep. your team members are passionate about. We before COVID, we did a lot of in-person talks um, about having the talk with your family yep. and. Um, just for this reason because you and I and your our teams just we witness I'm sure your teams witness both we witness incredibly wonderful transitions where you have families working as a team and oh John is power of attorney for financial we're all on board but you know Amy's power of attorney for health care they're really well suited for that and um, you know and it's and then it just you see families working as teams to to really care for their loved one. And that's a beautiful thing to see.
1: It is, and incapacitation, whether it's physical incapacitation or whether it's mental, um, it is difficult. And it is a tremendously emotional time for both the person who is experiencing those issues as well as the family members who are dealing with it. They're not only faced with having to deal with the stuff, but they're having to deal emotionally with the loss of, of a loved one mentally or yeah. dealing with somebody who they love not being able to physically do what they used to do. And so you have layer upon layer of baggage and issues and uh, it, it just, it's the wrong time to have to make some of these decisions. The The easiest and best time to make the decisions is when you're clear headed you are not under emotional stress. You are not under time constraints. Oftentimes, uh, you know, a home needs to be uh, there needs to be a, a a mortgage done, or there needs to be some financial transaction that needs to occur quickly. And if there's not a power of attorney in place, there's nobody who can do that, and so you get into an emergency situation. Whereas if you have the the documents already set up, and I will say, I have a sophomore. In college and a senior in, in high school. And as soon as my children turned 18, they were sitting in the doctor in the attorney's office having their powers of attorney drafted. Um, so, as an 18 year old, my kids have powers of attorneys because if something happens, we want to have everything in place so that we don't have to uh, scurry at the last minute. God forbid
0: something happens. That's such great advice. Um, and that was really one of my questions is how early should people have these conversations? I mean, Mm -hmm. really, when, when you gave a great example of that. Um,
1: If you don't have a power of attorney now uh, and you're watching this, go get a power of attorney. Um, It is, it is important to do that. And a lot of folks will say, well, you know, I put people on my bank accounts as co owners of a bank account. Um, And and that can certainly, in some instances, work for certain things. But what we see is most people have uh, retirement accounts. And if somebody becomes incapacitated, there's nobody to oversee the, the minimum distribution requirements or making decisions over those assets because you can't hold those jointly. You have to have a single owner on that. The only person who can make decisions if the initial person is incapacitated, is the one who holds the power of attorney or the trustee. So it's important to think through how all of your assets are titled. It's great if they are joint in some situations, but it may not be the end all uh, and allow you to do everything you need to do. So that's why sitting down with the attorney and the financial advisor or the trustee and talking through how things are titled who has access to what? You know, we have a lot of clients um, who we inherit uh, after incapacity, and uh, we need to get into their safety deposit box. Well, their safety deposit box is in their name. If we're the trustee and there isn't a power of attorney who can go in and do that, it's hard to get into the safety deposit box because nobody has mm-hmm. um, access to that box. And sometimes you have to get a guardian just for the sole purpose of being able to do things like that. And that's really a shame. So, it, you know, the little things that people don't think about, and that's why having the conversation with the professionals as to what do I need to lay out? How do I need to lay it out and make sure your bases are all covered?
0: That's great advice. And um, we're, we're running out of time but there's a couple questions that I think are really important that I want to make sure we talk about and that is okay you've done a great job you've had the conversation you've hired a team you've got a great estate plan you've appointed POA of healthcare financial where where do i keep my documents so
1: so some people will say in the safety deposit box, I will say that's not, a good, that's not necessarily a good place or keep a copy someplace else. The originals are fine, keep a copy someplace else. We say usually um, have a safe location in the house where you're keeping your documents. If you have a, your original will, those types of things, you can keep them in the safety deposit box, but have a copy. Um, somewhere in the house. If you have named your son or daughter as a power of attorney, give them a copy so that they, they have a copy of it as well. Most times attorneys will keep copies, not all. Um, so it's it's a good idea to make sure you have that paper copy. Sometimes digital copies can be hard to get into. So having a paper copy somewhere in your home, letting people know where that is um, is important as well. And so we usually counsel people that they should have a list of their advisors, whether it's their CPA, their investment advisor, their attorney, uh, most importantly, their trustee, successor trustee in a list. And a lot of people will keep that on their refrigerator. Um, I've had people <laughs> keep their important papers in a waterproof envelope in the back of their refrigerator. Um, because nothing can happen in the refrigerator. It's not going to catch on fire. So people will use that. Um, so, it, you know, people get creative and everybody does it a little differently. But having somebody know where your documents is can be really important.
0: Yeah, that's uh, an important uh, an important um, thing to think about for sure. Well, we're past our time. I knew this time was going to go fast. I didn't <laughs> mention that to you. It always does. You did. and um, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for what you and your team do. It's so important. A piece of, you know, making sure people can, families can continue and honor honor the wishes of of their loved ones um, at at that point in their lives. So. Well, thank thank
1: you so much for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you, Kathy. All right. Take good care.
1: Thanks. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.